good to see you, mate. How are you? Good, how are you? Yeah, I'm very good, man. Okay, welcome to the Who Valley podcast. I have a very special guest with me tonight. He is our first American guest. He's a big Who person. I'm not sure if I like the word Whovian. But anyway, I met Elijah at the BFI screening in London. It was Genesis of the Daleks. And when I came out of there, everyone heads to the bar and there was a table of books, Target novelizations. I was like, oh, a little shop, I'm a little shop. So I said to Elijah, and you've never met him before in my life. And I said, um, how much are these? And he said, no, I won't try and do your accent. No, 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 just take them. They're free. I'm going back to America. No worries. That was the first time I met Elijah. Um, and also just to give you an idea of the caliber of, of person that we're talking to, this is the man that has done the artwork for the Who Valley podcast. So if any of you are looking at our artwork and thinking that is fly, I love it myself. He done it. It's his work. You can um, talk a bit more about what you do, obviously, in a moment. But insisted on no charge for it as well. He's a great guy. Welcome to the Who Valley podcast. Elijah, how are you doing? Good. Thanks for having me on, Paul. Great to be here. That was a good intro, wasn't it? Yeah. And he's an actual American as well. He's not putting that on. Yep. <laughs> actual American <laughs> from Minnesota. Yeah. So what is what time is it there now? Um, not even podcast listeners because they're um, in their own timey wimey. But yeah, what time, what's the time uh, difference? So I'm in the central time zone. So it's currently 10 past one. Okay. So, and you're just what you're chilling at home yep chilling at home for the weekend just got over the big massive arctic air why is it snow snow. oh we got snow plenty of it (laughs) yeah same here but you're you're born do you border canada yeah we do yeah there you go my geography is not the greatest but i'm quite pleased myself now we could end the show i'll be happy (laughs) (laughs) oh on that note did you know that 95% of Canadians live within five miles of the border. I did not. This is bloody cold. Mm. There you go, fun fact for you. If I got that wrong, it's only slightly wrong. I didn't just make it up. <laughs> but yeah, no, it's interesting, I thought. You know, obviously um, Canada is a huge place. But yeah, apparently they all live very close to the border. Otherwise, you go too much further much further north, and you're, uh, you're, you're an Eskimo. Currently, we have six inches of snow, and the past, it would have been Tuesday through Thursday, we were in about negative 50, negative 60 degree temps. So schools oh. were canceled, businesses were closed, we couldn't leave our houses. So, Is that a good thing for you? I mean, like personally, do you like being... Or does it give you a chance to kick back and doctor out? I'd say for me, uh, during the break, it was kind of nice. Got to watch some Netflix. But after a while, it's kind of like sitting in your apartment with nobody to talk to. You need some sort of social interaction. So I don't know. Last time I saw you. So, yes, I think the last time I saw you was the day that we met Tom Baker. Was it? Am I right yep. saying that? It, it was that day. That was a day and a half, mate. That was that was that was probably the best day of the year for me. Really? Just you know, well, Tom, it was just so good. I said to him, I know you know people listening know what it's like, but this was a really this wasn't a convention as such. This was uh, was it Westminster Hall? 
think so. Westminster Hall. Yeah, it was wasn't too long queues, and it was just more chilled. It was just chilled, and Tom was there, and I was. I mean, when I saw him, I actually started shaking because I'd never actually laid eyes on him myself, like personally. Yeah. But what I said to him was, I "said This is one of the highlights in my life," and he did a proper Tom belly laugh. And you know, any <laughs> any one who knows Tom Baker or you know, any Tom Baker fans will know what I mean by a proper Tom Baker belly laugh. And I said to him. No, no, I'm serious. This is this is the highlight of my life. And then he was like, "All oh, right, we're serious." So in the photo, he's like deadpan, and I'm just like pointing at him, going, <laughs> "But yeah, man, I mean, just uh, that was such a good day. We went to the pub afterwards. It was really hot as well, wasn't it? Oh yeah, that was a and lot we met, I met a lot of good people that day as well. And that was only the week after the BFI uh, Genesis at the BFI. Yeah, it was because I remember we were talking about it at the BFI, and you're like. Wait, yeah. Tom Baker's doing a convention? Well, yeah. Before last year, I had never met a doctor. I met Baker, Davison, McGann, um, Leela, and Whitaker. That's crazy. I know. And I, like I say, in my, in my whole... Well, actually, no, I, I have met... I had met Colin Baker before, which I mentioned on the previous podcast. That was the first... They were the first um, doctors I met, and it was only last year. Cause I've always had this thing about... Um, I had an experience, so I'm talking a lot about myself, we'll, we'll get to you in a moment, <laughs> but I went to a thing, I don't know if it was Power of the Daleks, like it was a live show, and Nick Briggs was, in, Briggs was involved, because I met him there, this was years ago, like at least 10 years, probably more like 15, and there was just loads of weird people there, and you know what a lot of Doctor Who fans are like, and a lot of Doctor Who people, as in like uh, actors, have a bad experience with fans and you know they doctor who fans do have a reputation apparently a lot of them sort of a lot of doctor who fans are dicks i think is yeah. possibly, possibly the case but so, so that's why i have not really got involved with the community for want of a better word before last year so um back to you tell us you were over for how long last year um, I was there from the last week of June. I think I was there roughly about two and a half weeks. Oh, yeah. Oh, really? <laughs> Sorry, just to double check. Are you? Can you hear me all right? Am I too loud? Am I a bit muffled? Am nope, I? You're, you're perfect. I can hear okay, you. Okay, great. Okay. For some reason, I thought that you were on a, on some kind of um, sort of summer vac vacation. See, I've even got the lingo there. You were on some kind of summer vacation where you. You'd, you'd had like a open ticket and because didn't you stay with beef yeah i did so it was so what i did is it's the summer before i go off to college and real world kind of sets in so i was like you know what all this money i got for my graduation party i'm gonna buy a plane ticket head over to the uk and just stay as long as i can until i start to run out of money Yes, I remember actually you saying yeah. you weren't sure because we were going to go and see Tennant, weren't we? Yeah, no, not sorry, Eccleston. Uh, um, he was doing something. You he did go. You met. You met. Yeah. that couple, couple of weeks. Go on, tell us. Uh, who did you meet while you were in England? Oh wow! I saw so much stuff of you on social media. Like one minute it was Tennant, <laughs> you were with Eccleston. <laughs> it, was, it was crazy. So tell us about that. Um. So the first person I met when I was in the UK was Neve McIntosh, who you know as Madame Bastra. Um, and then I met uh, 
William Enoch, who is actually the son of William Russell, who was doing a play. So that oh, was right. yeah. And then I met, I think it Frank Skinner at the BFI. Oh, I um, love on that Frank. But that was actually I was really pissed off because I missed him, but I met him at the Wichita thing. Yeah. Gave him my sonic screwdriver, which is another story. So you met Frank, yeah. And then Tom Baker, and then. Uh, did I meet Eccleston before Tenet? No, I met Tenet outside of uh, BBC Wogan House where they had the radio. Um, yeah. and he was kind of like a last minute addition, and people weren't sure if he was going to actually show up or be pre recorded. And there was about six of us there, and he just comes strolling what? up. So, That's a really good photo as well. I mean, yeah. Tenet, Tenet's just one of them people, he always looks good, doesn't he? But Oh, sorry, that's not to say that you don't, but the picture of you and him is brilliant. I wish I'd, I haven't met Tennant yet. I mean, look, people, was it, how much was it, like 90-odd quid or something to meet him at the uh, LFCC? People I think so. Him? I think he was 90 or 100, something like that. Yeah, I don't know. And then Eccleston was probably one of the nicest doctors to meet. Really? So, yeah. It's by reputation, I wouldn't have, I wouldn't have thought that, because he's, uh, he's quite hot-headed, isn't he? I think he has some sort of a temper problem, but when I met him, uh, we were waiting outside the, sh the stage door. Uh, he was already running late for Macbeth, and he shows up. He's like, sorry, guys, I have to come in to get changed. And we thought, oh, we'll have to wait till he gets, you know, after the show. We'll just have to stick around. Nope, mm. here he comes out probably 10 minutes before the show starts, and he still has to get dressed, and he signs for all of us waiting out there, um, and he's known for either a photo or an autograph, but I told him I came all the way from the U.S. to meet him. Oh. Where are you from? I said Minnesota, and he's like, oh, that's where Prince is from. I really like Prince. And oh, okay. So, yeah, really nice. nice experience meeting him. Because wasn't that the day, what was the time, we ended up, was I going to drive, was it? Was that in Stratford-upon-Avon? Yeah, you were going to drive, and then I think, I can't remember, either something came up, or, yeah. yeah. Whatever it was that came up, I'm gutted it did, and I, I can't think of what would have been more important. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, oh wow, because I haven't met Eccleston or, or, or Tennant, I mean, I mean, I have this thing where, don't get me wrong, I'm not judging anyone because I'm I'm on the fence about this myself anyway, but if I give, give someone some money to meet them or to get a selfie with them or to get their signature, autograph, whatever, it's like saying, you're better than me. And I have one of my sayings, one of my mottos is, people are people and people should be treated as people and we're all equal. So why should I pay anyone to meet them. Having said that, you know, you go to a convention and you're like, yeah, I've got to meet whoever, you know. So, like, I am on the fence about it, but then there's this, I'm not quite comfortable about paying to meet someone. It just doesn't. Yeah, I get it. Yeah. Yeah, it's a difficult one for me. But then when you get someone like Tom Baker, and he was only, how much, I can't remember how much it was, but he wasn't expensive. He was, he I don't was know. He was like 25 pounds. Yeah. And I met Leela for, uh, no, I think Leela 
I think you bought the photograph and then met, and we, could, we had a good chat, myself and the Geek's handbag. Yeah, we had a good chat with Louise, Louise Jameson, for you know, a good sort of 10 minutes or so, just kicking the breeze. There was no queue or anything, and she's such, such a lovely lady. Same day, the uh, Tom Baker day at Westminster. Mm-hmm. Yeah, man, what, what two, two and a half weeks, and you, you crammed all that in. So did yeah. you know anyone before that? Did you know Beef? Did you know anyone else? Or did you just uh, come I, I knew Beef and Philip, and that was about it. But my first okay. trip, I didn't meet any of them. So, did you, this trip did, was the first time. Did you listen to the uh, podcast with um, Phil and uh, Beef Phil last week? Uh, I haven't listened to that one yet. Still have, still working my way through them, but busy no, school man. week, so. Why just lie? <laughs> just say yes, it was great. I can't lie. You meet so many people, you know, just, you have one thing in common, and that's Doctor Who, and that's, you know. Mm. You meet so many different people from around the world that you can get to call friends. So, isn't it strange that in the um, like social media within social media and, and fandom, there's so much bitchiness and arguments and people hating on each other. When you actually meet people in meet a, a fellow Doctor fan in person, it, it, there's none of, none of that. Or in my experience, anyway, none of that is there. Yeah. I don't know what it is. It's just, yeah, it's a funny thing. I guess it's, I guess it's not just, it's, or it's definitely not just Doctor. It's, uh, it's, it's a social media thing, isn't it? Oh, yeah. But it's, it's definitely, I mean, the Doctor Who community is just a bitch fest. Yeah. About yeah, and then, something that, or another. Then you have different fractions of, oh, this is a certain circle of Doctor Who fans that if you, you can't hang with us, you're not a fan yeah. or, you know what I mean? Lee Binding is is an example where this was the actually yes I think this was the Genesis day we ended up getting hammered and going to Nachos not yeah, Nachos yeah. Nando's Nando's yeah yeah um, chatting to Lee Binding you know I had a good few beers with him and we were talking about uh, what we were talking about I don't know crotons or whatever it was and um, yes we had each other on on Facebook and then I just thought Lee Binding. I know that. It's Lee Binding. <laughs> I, was just like, I was like, that was Lee Binding. You know, he's a yeah. really, such a decent bloke. And I sent him a, a message on, on Facebook saying, man, I, I just realised who you are. And he was like, you know, he's quite humble, isn't he? Oh, yeah. It, it was funny because I think it was a couple days after the BFI, we had each other on Facebook. And then uh, he was like, oh, if you're on this side of, London, I'll take you around. We'll go visit some of the uh, Dalek Invasion of Earth locations and visit Ealing Studios. So he took me around and oh wow, as nice of a guy Lee is, he you know he was like, yeah, we'll go and you know show you some of the locations, which is really cool. So okay, well I'm going to forward this episode to Lee and say right because I haven't done that. I don't I don't know. You've done more. You did more in two and a half weeks than I've done in. <laughs> in my life you know in that respect yeah fair play to you so before i forget to ask because i know last you know when you were over you were saying you were coming back this summer are you still planning to do that unfortunately not this summer with <laughs> with uh money this year i just can't just can't make it over hopefully oh. next year for sure so yeah but well, well we'll definitely look forward to that and you are missed mate 
I don't want to rub it in, but the Gopolis is coming up at BFR. <laughs> and obviously the convention and stuff. You are you are missed, mate. This is why this is great, chilling out. You have just admitted that you haven't listened to any previous episodes of the podcast. I listened to the first episode. So. He did. Okay, we'll give him a Okay. Um, I mean, it's, it is the way that I'm feeling about it at the moment. It's all experimental. Who is your favourite? Hmm. That's a tough one. Um, I'd have to say Capaldi would have to be my top. Uh, Classic-wise, definitely Hartnell. And then Troughton underneath Hartnell, probably a close second to Hartnell. But Why Capaldi? Uh, I just think he embodies everything that the Doctor should be. His His charisma, his style, his kindness to everyone not to say jody doesn't have all those things um so jody fan. You, you like jody oh yeah i like i like jody i may have not liked some of her episodes but her as an actress is great in the show you think she's nailed it completely what do you think she's nailed it completely sorry i'm leaning back i'm not sure if i'm close enough to the mic do you think she's uh, nailed it completely hmm I think she's getting there. I don't think, I mean, close to the end of the series, she started started to get her bearings, but I think this next year she'll kind of settle and know exactly where she, you know, how she's going to play it. I really think that as well. I, that is really where my money would be. I, again, I don't want to repeat what I've said on previous episodes that you haven't listened to. I've kind of had a bit of a moan about Jodie, and I do really like her. I just feel like she's, it's almost like she's trying 120% and getting 90 something. Yeah. She's just, it's intangible. I do think that she's, what I said last week, I did retract it in a, on Instagram. And I even bought a new figure of her, which is not the greatest. It's, I think it's character, op, character options. Yeah, character, character options. Yeah. Yep. Really bad roots. <laughs> I, really, you know, I even bought that almost as well. I bought it anyway, but almost as an apology. She was lo- I really like her in person. We went to a talk, it was really intimate. I don't know how many seats were there, but I sat, uh, Frank Skinner was sitting behind me actually, and that was the day I met uh, Frank as well and had a chat with him. And um, yeah, Jodie was great. It wasn't about the doctor, it was about what what's influenced her and her favorite movies and talking about stuff she's done before. And but no, I love her as a person and I love her as a doctor. I think that this may have season eleven may have been her getting into the role. Perhaps she's taken a whole season to do that. And for whatever reason, the writing as well is Chibnall. Where were all the monsters? Where was the threat? All that exposition that she was given. And there's only a certain amount she can do with what she was given. Yeah. But, exactly. you know, I, like I was saying last week, I, I really want her to be pissed off. And I, I just hope that something happens next year uh, for six twelve where she gets dark. You know, you know, like the time of Victoria, she needs. Yeah. And, it, and that. Her being a woman, the doctor being a wo- woman does doesn't bother me at all, as long as you have great writing, great cast, and mm. they are great. Going, so, well, I don't think it's been great writing. I mean, there has been some great writing, but I think that Chibbers is he needs to he needs to take a step back and let. Actually, I thought when Chibbers was announced, I thought, oh, this 
sounds good. And then I looked at what episodes he'd written, what he'd done for Torchwood and, and other stuff. I know obviously Broadchurch, I thought, great, because Broadchurch was, was really good. I really enjoyed that. Yeah. Stuff he'd done for um, Torchwood and Doctor, I thought they weren't the greatest episodes. So I was concerned a little bit. But then I thought, no, it's going to be, it's all new. And it's, you know, it's, for me, it didn't quite hit the spot last year. Even though I enjoyed it, I, I wouldn't be the, you have to see this, like I always have been about Yeah, exactly. Cool, man. You're an interesting one, my friend, because you're American. I really want to get the your perspective on it. So uh, one of the questions I ask, what's your first memory of the Doctor? Ooh. Okay, so this would have been 2012. Uh, I had jo- just joined my school's drama club. And um, I met one of my best friends there, and he was like, his whole family was big into Doctor Who. They had been watching it since the 80s here in America. And uh, so I was like, okay, I'll check this out. Um, That was when the show was still on Netflix here in America. Um, I can't remember what my first episode was, but it was during series seven the second part of series seven because it was you know getting close to the 50th anniversary okay Um, with clara by that point yeah and hearing about a show that's coming up on its 50th anniversary and wondering i had no idea what regeneration was at that point and that's kind of what got me hooked was oh the show's 50 years old how how is this show 50 years old and I don't so know, I've just, just been watching ever since, so. What was the first glimpse that you got? What was the first uh, awareness and scene mm. episode that you saw? You know, it may have been... Um, the first one I watched live was Journey to the Center of the TARDIS. I know that. But I know I'd seen some previously on reruns or something like that on TV. Yeah. But, not a liked episode. I think it's the, one of the it's one of the greatest titles. Yeah, but slutty that was the first one I saw Moffat. live. But sorry, slutty titles as Moffat calls them. But <laughs> no, it's, it sounds like it's going to be amazing. I remember seeing oh, Journey to the Center of the Tides. This is going to be brilliant. But I think the actual episode itself was um, it, I thought it was quite poor. Even though, what's the black guy that's in it? He's a really he's one of my favorite actors. I can't remember his name now. But I really Ashley Waters, is it? Anyway, <laughs> the black guy that's in Journey to the Center of the Tardis is really good. And obviously you got uh, Matt Smith and, and Jenna in it. Yeah, it had all the makings to be really good. But I mean, is it one of, is it one of your favorites because it's your first? Or no, had you read- I, it, it was just the one that's the one that I remember watching vividly watching live. But um I know then after that, after that, the end of series seven, part two, and having that long break from, I think it was, was it May to November of No Doctor Who? So then I, I went back to the new series, or I went back from series one and worked my way through. Oh, yeah. that's, good. that's a good way of doing it, I guess. So you thought, right, this is, this is dope. I'm going to go and see what this is all about. So you went and... Going back to the beginning. Yep. So then, by the time that is it series series seven? Yeah, it was end of series seven, and then the fiftieth anniversary. So I watched 
the end of series seven and then i went back and watched the classics and right so just to familiarize myself with okay who are these other doctors what you know what was the show like back then so I, there was a point there where uh, the doctor came back in 2005 there was a point where it was like are people going to go back and watch these long slow black and white drawn out potentially or i'm not saying they're boring but they might be younger people might see them as boring because there's you know tv's so fast these days yeah pace is so much slower then uh, and it's really, really good that it's worked out really well because you know, there's so many younger fans like yourself that have totally got it and just you know well i was going to say holding the torch but that's a terrible phrase but you know what i mean it's yeah really yeah. good to see that there's so many younger fans and it's a whole new wave now which is absolutely exactly. brilliant and i think it, it definitely helps with we had that twitch marathon and then with these mm. blu-ray sets that are coming out making it more accessible for people to you know oh well i can buy the whole set and you know, check it out. You got, got gaps at the moment? Have you seen all the classics? I have seen most of the classics. That includes the reconstructions of missing episodes. And then also people put together like slideshow versions with the pictures that we do have with oh, audio as well. So, like they did with 10th Planet, was it? They did with, with Heart of the Generation, they did that, didn't they? In stills, but they had the sound. Yeah. Yeah, it occurred to me from this Phil that was on the podcast last week that he said his favourite episode. He's he's a Channel Man, and his favourite episode is the yeah, Abominable Snowman. And it occurred to me that I haven't actually seen that. Well, obviously I haven't seen it because it's not available. But I I don't I haven't heard it or read it. I, I I'm going to rectify that very soon because it's his favourite all time. There you go. What, what do you make of that particular episode? Sorry. I think it's okay. It's it's not the best. I don't know. The Abominable Snowman slash Yetis aren't really my favorite. Um, all the hype with the Web of Fear when it was announced and watching it, everyone was like, oh, you have to check this out. And then out of the two missing episodes, Enemy of the World was the better out of the two, I remember. I, I love Web of Fear. I, I would actually, I mean, Enemy of the World is, I mean, it's just a trout and oh sorry my cat is leaning up he's putting his paw on my keyboard which can be <laughs> he, he, caps locks his favorite so it's not too detrimental but if he presses <laughs> wrong <laughs> so where were we um no um the enemy of the world Troughton as an actor but he act Troughton was so such a generous actor in that he, he acted with his whole body all the time yeah okay. you know what I mean? he's just such a I, I just love Trout, and actually, I, I need to say this because um, previous episodes, right? We've had this like, "Who's your favourite?" and um, I've said Pertwee, okay, and, I, and I've said, right, you know, if I had gun to my head, I'd go Pertwee. You know, very difficult for me to say who's my favourite out of the first five, particularly. But I'm changing now. I'm going. My favourite is now Tom Baker. He's always going to be in flux, but particularly because I'm currently reading Scratch Man, and I, I don't know, it's just something of the Tom, <laughs> something of the Tom Baker in me at the moment. And I, I just, like, after hearing him on the radio, he was on Radio 2 with Graham Norton last week and signing at Ridden Planet and, and reading Scratch Man. I'm not halfway through Scratch Man. Have you got a copy? I do. 
I have the audiobook version. I haven't started it yet, but I oh, have it downloaded. So, so good. So I was reading it last night, actually, at the same time as listening to the Audible version. And it's so funny because Tom's obviously narrating it, but he's also, he does a bit of ad lib here and then as well. Okay. So this is spoiler free, but he'll say something like, chapter 14, you're going to love this one or whatever. But that's <laughs> not, you're going to love this one isn't in the book. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. It's like, so Tom, you can't, just, you can't do, and you know, we, we know from stories and stuff that that's what he was like when he was playing the Doctor. He'd be like, no, I'm doing it like this and you know exactly and it's the same when he narrates the book he just does it as himself and it's just he's just oh man yeah tom baker's my favorite but yeah um and i just i just love that man it's just it's just what is this the one after me oh yeah well how do you rate him in your um i'm saying it in these if you agree with me how do you rate him in where is he in your Uh oh, my cat's up here too. <laughs> um, I just heard that. Um, what, what's what's the cat called? Has he got a doctor name? Uh, Kendall. We're in here. Kendall. Hello, Kendall. Trying to step on my computer too. <laughs> is she a she? Yeah. Kendall is quite a female name. My cat's name, who's lying, I won't move him because he's so comfortable lying next to the keyboard, but his name is. Dram Felfoch at Tosca Happenbar Blatherine McMahon. <laughs> and the reason I named him that because I, I, I watched uh, in 2005, obviously, I watched season season one, Eccleston, and I read a book called The Monsters Inside, which is as in The Monsters Inside a Prison. And it's, a, it's about okay. it's a Dr. Rose book, Eccleston and Rose book. It's a Slovene, and there's a character in it called Dram. And I'm not I, I'm not sure exactly what the full name was, but I came up with some of it and what threw it together. And I thought uh, a friend of mine got a cat from the Who shop, funnily enough. Oh wow! And it was pregnant. Um, yeah, as I say, this is back in 2005. And I said I want a black one, and I want to call it Dram, just because I don't know. I just because it's so small as well. You know, it's what I want. Yeah, you know, as in like a, a wee dram, dram of rum or whiskey or whatever. Uh, and his brother, he's got a, a, a he's a huge black. We've totally gone. I'm totally gone on tangent here, but he's a huge black rag doll, and he's got a brother called Mondas. So, uh, yeah, it's great, man. It's who family's actually from the Who Shop. A friend of mine went to the Who Shop and came back with obviously loads of Who stuff and <laughs> the cat. Right. Well, you are Davros, you are the creator of the Daleks. Is that a statement? Or a question. You are on trial, and I am to recognize the authority of this court. Daleks holding a trial. How low have you sunk without me? Daleks are supreme. Daleks do not need humanoid life forms. Then why go to such effort to bring me home? The supreme Dalek requires. The supreme Dalek! Don't be ridiculous. I am the Supreme Dalek, Emperor and Venkatri all in one. You need no other. Release me. You are on trial. Of what crimes am I accused? No crimes. Then what am I on trial for? You are on trial. I say again, what? Ah, I see. Not a trial. I feel like second-hand goods. I cannot be returned if you can 
consider me faulty? What are you trying me out for exactly? Askism has occurred. I am aware of this. You have created this schism yourselves. Why should I repair it? We need you. You are the greatest force in the known galaxies, possibly the entire universe. Flattered as I am, I ask again, why do you need me? Dalek conquests are failing. Dalek wars are being lost. We need direction. Pathetic. When you began, you were unbeatable, unconquerable. Now you cower in the darkness of our ancestral home, too frightened to venture out. When did Daleks recognize fear, or weakness, or fallibility? You have the potential to be absolute. That is why you were created. That is why you exist. The potential requires that. your designer yeah mm -hmm. do you want to plug anything or promote your social media presence or anything like that on a, i'm not saying that millions of people listen to this podcast but if you want to let people know who you are um let me one second let me check and see what my instagram tag is actually so if you want to follow my artwork and the things i do on instagram it's ek graphics pub that's all together, no spaces. So um, that's where you can find some of my artwork and things I do. But uh, currently, I'm in school to become a graphic designer. Um, mm -hmm. And I don't know, I just kind of do a mixture of different artwork and things. <laughs> I don't know. I do quite a lot. Thanks a lot for doing the artwork that you do. Yeah. It seems like it's a labor of love for you as well, which is ideal. Oh, yeah. Uh, it's like, you know, for me doing this podcast, I don't want anything from it, but the pleasure of doing it. You know what exactly. I mean? Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Tell me a bit about what, Doctor Who in America, because I just... All right. I, I'm well, I got quite a lot to say about on that. Um, so there's pretty much, uh, if you want to know everything there is to know about Doctor Who in America, there's pretty much the American Doctor Who Bible that came out a few years ago from some of my friends. It's called Red, White, and Who, 
the story of Doctor Who in America, every single reference of Doctor Who fandom straight from the beginning to present. Um, just trying to plug that book as well. But um, it has, so you recommending that then? Yes. Uh, let me see how much it is. I'll make, I'll make sure to send you the link to it. But it's a really good in-depth book. They spent, I think it was nearly eight, eight to ten years just researching and getting things correct and convention stories and everything. Let me see how much it is. Oh, uh, I would say it's pretty big. Uh, definitely a lot more older fans, but you got a lot of Doctor Friends locally where you yeah, are. To, to me, yeah, we have. Um, in the UK, they have the monthly Doctor Who Tavern meetup, so we do it the same the first Thursday of the month, and we do our own version of that here in Minnesota. So we get what together. Well, you watch an episode and then dissect it, or what? What's that? No, we usually meet up for dinner once a month and just chat Doctor Who and right. you know, so. Oh man, yeah. I have wondered about this before. You know, I I, I want it to be global, um, and it is. But I just do you like it because there's the Britishness, or or, or do you see it as? I mean, do you think that it shouldn't be Americanized? How do you feel about that? Um, I think that's part of the reason I like it is its Britishness and. Not not even just Doctor Who. I mean, because of Doctor Who, I've started watching so many different British shows in general yeah. that I don't Talk think that. I would have just started watching on my own. Um, and I think Doctor Who is a big part to its success in the UK, definitely monetary-wise, because it's actually being co-produced. The, the newer series, since it, I think Series 9, um, the, U, the U.S., side of things has been funding the show as well which not well, too many people that. know but so it's it's a big it's probably a big hit here in the states not as big as it used to be when matt smith was the doctor hit it's all-time peak. It's, it's slowly been declining i don't think that has to do with necessarily who's playing the doctor but it has to do a lot with how it's being marketed and advertised yeah. here in the states it's not oh. been you know what i mean mm. it's like a flagship show you know yeah. so then you might then say oh you know it's a netflix thing and you know it's, it's, a, it's a completely different a- approach to it and i guess a lot of people see it you know the mix between star trek and star wars it's just that sci-fi oh. genre that's you know really struck a core with American fans, I think that's why is people it, have enjoyed it, it. Obviously, Star Wars is just ridiculously huge, but how big is Doctor Who in America? Um, it's not as big as some of our primetime series. Uh, it's still quite known. Like, if you mention Doctor Who, there's a good chance, probably 80% chance, they'll know what you're talking about, but it's oh, not wow. as it's not, not as big as it is in the UK where just everyone knows, you know, oh, that's a Dalek or, oh, Doctor Who. You know what I mean? It's, it's in, people know about it, but not as big as in the UK. I'm still surprised that, it, that it's that big, but I'm, I would have thought it was very kind of esoteric. 
just little pockets of very niche, just people, you know, your person like yourself that's picked up on it and latched onto it and loved and it. But the largest well, the largest Doctor Who in the convention in the world is held in Los Angeles. Yeah. yeah and that, and Gallifrey that, One. And, what's Gallifrey One, yes. Yeah. Have you been? I've been there twice. I had to bow okay. out this year because of school, like I can't miss, but... Um, yeah, definitely you should try to get out to Gallifrey one one year. So I really want to go to LA and I would definitely make sure that I tie that in with a convention. I mean, that would be, it, it wouldn't be my only reason. I, I'm, really, I'm into hip hop and like 90s boom bap, like iced tea and, and all. I'm actually, I'm coming to New York. I'm coming to New York, man, in um, April, just oh. staying in Manhattan. So what would it be? Because I've been to New York and... Boston and uh, New Jersey twice. So this will be my third visit to the States. But I didn't see anything Doctor would like. Well, how will I find anything? I know that a lot of people say New York isn't very, it's, it's very different from the rest of America. Would, would you agree with that? I Yeah, from when I visited there, it's pretty hard to find Doctor Who. I think you have to find like a comic book shop. And that's, you know, it's pretty scarce to find. There you is could... a British food store on kind of the outskirts of New York, that's where I stocked up on my jelly babies when I was over there. <laughs> but, so can you not get jelly babies over there? Uh, if we, we can order them, but we don't, they're not something that's like sold in supermarkets. Oh, really? So, yeah. Hilarious. I mean, I, I remember my wife uh, when I was uh, wooing her, <laughs> for want of a better word. Um, I bought her some jelly babies and she, she said she didn't like them. And I was like, what? We might have a problem here. <laughs> <laughs> so you're talking about Netflix, but is it still on BBC America? Yeah, still that I watched it on Netflix when I was catching up, but it, it was main it's still on BBC America. That's its highest rated show. And what is on there? Classics or uh, just the new series and they, oh, the, the strangest times to air like reruns, but most of the time they show Star Trek Next Generation, and I don't understand why. So, Are you a Trekkie as well? No, not really. More of a Star Wars fan. Do you ever watch Quantum Leap? Uh, I've heard of it, but I haven't watched any of it. I, I would recommend it. The, the, uh, the premise is that they built a time machine, and Scott Bakula goes back to correct wrongs so it's very much like a doctor in the party but he goes in jumps into other people's bodies so you know he's been oh. married on Rose chauffeur and he's been various famous figures and uh, it's a really good series if you, if you like time travel and you like doctor who it's actually I'm gonna check and see if it's on netflix i bet it is quantum oh no it's not i'll find it i'm completely honest I'm a little bit worried because if I like, if I watched an episode of Star Trek and I liked it, man, I'm geeky enough as it is. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like I've got, I've got Doctor, I've got. Have you watched The Prisoner? I've seen the first three episodes. I I hope to get back to keep watching it, but I what I've oh, seen is really good so far. Sixty, not the reboot, the sixties one. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yep. Oh man. Um, Adam recommended that to me and it's brilliant, just just get that box set in so good uh, while we're talking about shows that we like another one of mine is Lost, did you ever watch that? I have not I know that was quite big here in the States Lost. Yeah. 
the thing about Lost was they were lost. Everyone that was watching it was lost. <laughs> it was just, <laughs> I loved that about it. I loved not yeah. knowing. They answered the question. It, it, it posed another three or four, you know, and I, I, I love that. That's the way I write. I'd probably okay. have to say the original Mondasian Cybermen, some sort of story with them. I don't know if you listened to their origin story, Spare Parts, from Big Yes, I've heard it years ago. To be honest with you, I remember the soundtrack more than I remember the story. But yeah, I, I have, um, I have I've got it on CD somewhere. It's in the loft. It's worth quite a bit of money, because that's one of the outer print ones. Really? Yep. Get on eBay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but when I used to live, I lived on my own for 10 years, a bit more than 10 years, 11, 12 years, and it was just everywhere. <laughs> I think it's cool when people, you know, when people say, oh, my Doctor Who story does this, this, and this. But yet, with Doctor Who having so many different, you know, gaps, or, oh, what are, where did they travel to during this time before they get to this episode? It's you know, yeah. I think it's kind of cool you can fit as many stories as you want between gap A and, you know, gap B. It makes it infinite, isn't it? You could, that's one of the great things, yeah. Anything, could have, any amount of time could have passed or anything could have happened before yeah. that. I mean, just look look at Tenth Planet. Before Tenth Planet and Power of the Daleks, the first Doctor went on an adventure with the Twelfth Doctor. Like it's crazy and that, yeah. the, the fact that those, all those possibilities and, and now that's canon tom baker's got a new assistant i really want the actual cds or at least to download but yeah man they they're not only churning out so much but they're not cheap yeah you know? so you really have to pick and choose yeah difficult isn't it so what's what's your what's your you, you mentioned spare parts earlier what's your What's up there for you with Big Finish? Uh, well, I think Spare Parts is one of my fa- one of my favorites because of having a Cyberman origin story. That's actually the um, when they released, they did limited edition vinyls of well, Spare that. Parts and Chimes of Midnight, and that was the one I I um, bought. Chimes, so, you, you got Chimes of Midnight on vinyl? Yeah, or Spare Parts on vinyl. Chimes of Midnight is my favorite. But not here, Charlie. Is that you? I can barely see you. Can't reach you. What are you doing? Talk me through it. Explain it to me. I'm putting things to rights. I'm putting an end to this. No, Charlie, you mustn't listen to me. It's the Doctor. Don't you remember me? But I don't know the Doctor. He never rescued me. Of course you know me, Charlie. Please, listen to me. But I'm dead. Why didn't you rescue me? How can I be dead and alive at the same time? I don't know! Am I dead or am I alive? You must know. You must decide. Charlie, please, you didn't die. Right or wrong, we changed history. We changed all that. Whatever the consequences, we chose life. And that's what you must do now, Charlie. Help me, I'm so scared. You must choose life. You must choose life now. Listen to my voice, Charlie. Can you hear my voice? I can hear people screaming. I can hear fire burning. Choose, Charlie. Make your choice. My voice, Charlie. Focus on my voice. It's the doctor. It's the doctor. I don't remember you. Charlie, I need you. Without you, we'd never have broken the curse upon Kaltosino. Without you, the Cyanobots would still be ruling Earth. Without you, I'd never have found that first edition of Oliver Twist in Charing Cross Road. 
And without you, I would just be a lonely old man, rattling around in a TARDIS with no one to talk to. My life going round and round without meaning. My life going round in circles. I remember... the TARDIS. And you need me. Without me, you would never tread upon the beaches of alien worlds, or marvel at the eclipse of new suns, the birth of new stars. You have seen the universe, Charlie, and you have made a difference to me. But I see the flames, I hear the screams! No longer, Charlie, you must remember me! You must remember the Doctor! I remember... the Doctor! I choose to live! Where has everything gone? The time loop has been broken. The house has been expelled from the TARDIS. What does that mean? Does that mean everything is alright? I imagine we're about to find out. I don't know if it's my favourite because it was it was the first one I listened to. And I listened to it and I was like, wow, McGann. Ooh, I'd have to say Colin Baker, probably because he's finally gotten a fair crack at the whip when it comes to, you know... He's my yeah. He, I didn't really rate him much on telly, but he's so good on Big Finish. Did you ever get into the, what, I'm not sure, was it the 30th anniversary or something, Zagreus? Did you know about Zagreus? I have heard about it. I haven't listened to it, but I know, I think Philip told me it's pretty noisy as a story. The thing about Zagreus is, so it's McGann and his universe Zagreus is like all the doctors are going to be in it, and it's, but Zagreus itself was it was a sham. It, it just wasn't very good. But from McGann up until Zagreus, that arc, first one when they're on that ship and the Charlie Pollock. Oh, Storm Warning. Storm Warning, yes. Yeah. I need to go back and relive because I haven't heard that for years. And again, there's CDs that I've got in the in the loft. Just and, and those are fun, yeah, those like, are also. Also worth some money as well. Really? Your McGann ones. Yeah. Um, I collect some figures. I'm more books and DVDs. And then uh, kind of my niche thing that I love collecting is uh, press photos and press material regarding Doctor Who. So I I like the TV movie press kit with uh, 35mm slides and like the press info that goes with the photo and i have a tom baker press kit with some photos some photos that you probably have, haven't seen i'll have to send them to you of tom there's a guy that lives around the corner literally within probably 10 minutes walking distance from me named duncan and uh he's one of capaldi's friends they're like wow. you know, i don't know if they're like old school friends or whatever they're, you know good mates um so capaldi goes over there and you know ca catches up with you know Sunday lunch or goes for a beer with him or whatever. And uh, <coughs> I first knew about this before Capaldi was a doctor was when he was in, you know, Pompeii, Fires of Pompeii. Yeah. And uh, when he was in that, I was like, oh, yeah, yeah, you know, so, so a friend of mine knew this guy, he's a musician, said, oh, yeah, he knows, uh, he's a friend of Capaldi, he's Doctor Who. And I was like, oh, right, really? And I've met this guy since, he's a real Charles Dickens fan as well. Not, not Capaldi, this guy, Duncan. His friend, so I've you know had long conversation with him about Charles Dickens, and last time I went over there, which was nearly a year ago now, and I was saying, have you seen Peter recently? And he was saying he's been no, more than a year because when Peter was the Doctor, no, was Peter the Doctor a year ago? 
Anyway, it was when Peter was still at a series 10 sort of time, and he was saying, no, he's been so busy. I mean, I mean, what was it, like a nine-month schedule? And then yeah, like, something like that. Like, promotion and doing your Graham Nortons and your whatever tour bus, especially what they did. So, yeah, he hadn't seen his BFF for a long time. But, <laughs> yeah, that's, that's mad. There you go. Claim to fame. <laughs> yeah, until I'm the doctor, of course. Exactly. Have you got anything more you'd like to say to the viewers? Uh, well, first of all, thanks, Paul, for having me on the podcast. It's been a great time. And then I guess for the viewers, keep on listening and make sure to give Paul a excellent review on iTunes. Is there any other place they can leave a review or is it just iTunes? That In iTunes, yes. Stitcher, Spotify. So that's under. Sorry, my cat's trying to press escape. Uh, <laughs> Twitter is at the Who Valley. Instagram is Who Valley. And Facebook page is called the Who Valley Podcast. Check us out. Mate, it's really good to see you. Much love, man.